welcome back everybody. I just thought I would give out a uh, extra podcast this week. Um, wanted to talk really about spiritual things, supernatural things, um, things that maybe go bump in the night. Uh, I've always been a firm believer that there are, there is a spiritual world that exists with us at all times. Um, I think it's all around us and we're, we're intertwined. We just can't always see into it. And so started with me back when I was, oh gosh, very young. Um, before I could even really articulate uh, what was going on, I must have been about seven, maybe six or seven years old. And uh, my parents thought that I was having seizures. And I didn't have the traditional fall on the ground and foam at the mouth and jerk around like a piece of bacon. I, um, I would see things at, uh, at night and sometimes during the day, but mostly at night. And I tried to explain to them what I was seeing, but it was, it was really difficult to explain. But even in my mind today as an adult, I look back on it and I remember it was like looking at a busy street at night uh, with lights coming at you from all different angles. Um, and it was, it was very disturbing to me as a child. Uh, I was very, very upset by it. I, it was a fearful feeling for me that I could see this, these things that no one else could see. And I remember my parents' first thought was there was something wrong with my brain. <clears throat> so of course they took me to a doctor who then had me go to a hospital and they did all sorts of tests on my brain. And, um, and from what I, remember my mother telling me uh, I didn't they didn't come away with a clear diagnosis nothing really uh, super wrong they just said uh, it was maybe night terrors this went on for uh, more than a week or two Um, I do remember that I was shuffled around from uh, my aunt and my uncles my grandmas and grandpas to give my parents a break, a relief. I guess it was like having a child with colic and no one got any sleep because I would scream and yell and uh, wake up terrified and they couldn't get me out of this trance that I was in. Looking back now, I realized what it was. Uh, it was a gift. <clears throat> I've always had a gift to see into the other side. And it's really bizarre because it's not something that I can just click on and click off as far as the scene into the other side. Um, it's usually something that comes to me. Um, so I tell people uh, I'm a conduit, sort of a, uh, oh gosh, what do you call it? Like a magnet, maybe. Um, I attract certain things and they're, I can pick up things in the spirit. Um, and I just know things, uh, I feel things, I feel them very deep on a visceral level and um, I, uh, I enjoy what I do now when I was a kid that was probably the only scary thing that I remember was, was when it happened as a child. Um, that, was, that was pretty um, intense for me. Um, 
especially because I didn't really know what was happening. But I knew something, something was different about me. And I always felt different. Uh, always felt different around everybody. I never felt like I belonged. I never felt like I um, was part of the family or even though I had four siblings, older siblings, I uh, never felt like I belonged to that family. I never felt like I belonged to my extended family, um, which is kind of weird. Um, I always felt different at school, um, felt different than most kids. I felt like I was, I never felt like I was like most kids. Um, and that was, that was isolating for me because I wanted to feel like other kids. I wanted to feel, you know, like I was like the other kids, you know. I wanted to feel like I belonged to my family and I wanted to feel like I, I felt like I was part of, uh, you know, a family group, a unit, but I never did. And uh, it, it never went away, even to this day. Um, I don't feel like I belong anywhere or to any people, which is, again, isolating. And, um, but I've learned to just accept it. There's really nothing I can change the way I feel. I can't, I can't change the way I feel. I can't uh, make myself um, believe something that's so deeply ingrained in me. Um, but as a child, it was difficult. But as I got older, it was a lot, it was a lot easier as I learned the gift or the power that I had within me. Um, I could walk into a room. I could sense things in the room. Um, if I made contact with people, like if I touched them or held their hand or put my hand on their shoulder or on their head, I could really, really connect with them. Um, and when I was a kid, I didn't realize that's what I was doing. Um, and so there was, there were times when um, in my childhood, I would connect with people that I that I should not have connected with and that was something that I learned not to do in the future to connect myself with people that I didn't that I didn't want to connect with if that makes sense um, because it was it was bad for my spirit it was bad for my um, for my emotional being and um, but as I got older into my young adulthood um, I didn't really begin to explore the gift um, really deeply, I guess, until I was in my young adult, or well, my older adulthood. Um, well, I guess I was probably in my uh, maybe late 30s. Um, but before that, my cousin and I, who uh, believed he shared a similar gift. Um, we would do experiments with things. We would try to move things. We did move a salt shaker once, a glass salt shaker. It was probably uh, three, four inches tall. And um, we just went in the kitchen and picked it off the table and went back to his bedroom. And he had a, he had a desk in his room and we put it on the desk. And I remember he and I were, we were, trying to move it with our minds, so to speak. And um, I remember focusing really, really, really hard on that salt shaker to move. 
And um, I, I halfway expected that nothing would happen. But when the salt shaker moved across the table, I mean, it was just me and my cousin there, and neither one of us were touching the table or, or the salt shaker. We were just simply focusing our eyes on it and, and using our mind uh, to move it. We, um, we were able to move it off the table. Well, of course, it slid across the, the desk and it fell on the floor, and uh, he and I screamed like little girls and ran outside. I don't know why we ran outside. We were the only ones home. We were terrified. We got outside and passed the front porch and stood out in the yard and looked at each other with disbelief, like, I can't believe that just happened. Did you see that? And he said, yeah, I saw it. And, and he'd say, I'm not seeing things, am I? I'd say, no, I saw it too. And we were, that was probably the first time and I guess the only time that I had ever tried to use my mind to move something or do something. Um, I've thought of people before and would try to get them to call me and um, that doesn't always work either. Uh, I don't know why we were able to do that. Perhaps it was the combined effort of both of us. Um, I don't know, I can't explain why that happened. But I know as I, as I got older, um, I just, I knew how to perceive things from people that they didn't tell me. And um, I just, I remember seeing things before they happened. We had an incident one time where we were in the back of a truck, back before it was illegal to ride in the back of a truck. And my, my cousin and I, once again, we, we hung out a lot. My cousin and I did. We, we lived very close to each other. and We were like brothers, very close. And um, uh, I was always enamored by him. Even though he was younger than me, I was always enamored by him. He had a, he had a really uh, incredible gift to draw and to paint. And I always thought that was just, I was very incredulous by his gift. And he could also play the guitar and sing and write music and everything. And so he was really kind of what I wanted to be. And I found that a lot of times I wanted to be like other people. And a lot of that really probably had to do with, with not feeling like I belonged anywhere. But anyway, we were riding in the back of a truck and we were back with, I think, a couple of my other siblings. And um, we were standing up. <sighs> Excuse me, long day. We were standing up and our faces were facing the front of the truck and we were, our hands were on top of the, 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 the um, cab of the truck and you know, we were just sitting there talking. And it was like, I don't know, maybe a second or two before it happened, I saw this motorcycle run out in front of the truck. Like, you know, it was a crossroads and we, we had the right of way and the motorcycle had to stop, but they didn't stop and they ran through and we, we almost hit them. And I thought, oh my gosh. And it was like a flash really before me. It was almost like a, it was really hard to explain, but I actually saw it, I visually saw it. And then within a second after I saw that, we came to Crossroads and there was a motorcycle there. And I said, that motorcycle's gonna take off. He's gonna run the red light, we're, all gonna, we're gonna almost hit him. And they're like, my cousin was, you know, he was like, what? And I said, no sooner I said that, that the motorcycle came out and you know we almost hit him and uh, I remember that very vividly because it was a precognitive awareness of the motorcycle and what it was going to do and that was that was another one of my sort of aha moments as a kid and so as a child I felt 
powerful because I had this 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 gift. Um, I didn't know what the gift was, whether it was dark or it was light or good or bad or evil or God sent or you know Luciferian. I wasn't really sure. I just knew that I had that I possessed this this gift. Oh, excuse me. And the gift was it made me feel very um, very powerful as a child. You have to understand that I didn't feel very powerful as a child outside of this gift. Um, I felt very unusual. I felt like most people didn't like me. Um, I didn't feel like I belonged. And so I was a little odd child, um, but I danced to a different tune, I guess, uh, or a different drum. I'm not really sure the same, but um, I was not like most kids at all. I was nothing like any kids. Um, I could play alone and, and be okay, um, yet I could be in the crowd and do fine too. I never met a stranger. Uh, I knew when I when I would. Well, I, I I didn't know then. I didn't really know how to discern. Um, I didn't really know how to discern people's um, motives, and so I was very trusting. But I learned later, after the fact, to respect. The feeling that I would get with someone that I felt like wasn't um, above board, so to speak. And so I learned to trust those feelings inside. And as I got older, I really learned to trust them. Uh, I had a, a form of manipulation uh, over people that I felt was uh, a powerful tool in my arsenal that I could use um, and I know that sounds really bad um, and I probably had some narcissistic behavior um, back then uh, had a lot of abuse as a child both physical emotional and sexual unfortunately but um, I'm sure a lot of that had to do with the way I felt about myself and not fitting into but um, Having the gift that I had, uh, I kind of, we didn't have a whole lot of people back then in society that were uh, not considered kooks who, who could do what I could do. And today it's a little more fashionable. It's, it's almost, um, it's almost, uh, I guess, approved uh, people. There are more people out there, I guess, doing what I do now than there were back then, or at least the ones that we know about. Um, you know, you have a lot of, uh, uh, what do you call those people? Um, oh, mediums uh, and psychics that, that do things like that. I don't compare my work or my gift to, to um, psychics or mediums. Um, it's just a gift. It's something I... I was born with, I didn't earn it, I didn't go to school to learn it, and, and so it was just a gift that I was born with. I believe it came from God, um, and I believe it, it is to be used um, for the purpose of enlarging the, the body of Christ and encouraging the body of Christ, and so I have done that with this gift. Um, it would be 
Well, let me back up. I always had visitors at night, uh, supernatural, spiritual things that would happen at night. Um, when I was a kid, like I say, I, I was getting used to this, and so it uh, it was difficult for me to um, understand that these spiritual beings were uh, I could control to an extent I could control seeing them or not seeing them um, but it was usually at night when I was tired and asleep or or both asleep and, and then I'd wake up and you know I'd, I would see something or there'd be something in my room I've had I've had visitors come to my room at night um, some were scary some were not I've had open visions. I've had dreams, I've had very realistic dreams. Um, but for the most part, I guess it's just, um, it's easy for me to pick up things from people. Yeah, I, can, I, can, I can read, a, I can cold read a room if I had to, um, like specific things. And, uh, I think in the next podcast I'd like to get into some of the specifics of what I've done, but um, I think this will this will bring this will be the beginning of that. I'll do a series on the supernatural and, and some of the stories that I have and uh, some of the things I did as a um, as an adult, and uh, it's fairly interesting when you hear the stories and. You know, by themselves they may seem pretty amazing, um, but when you couple them together, you hear all these stories together. It's 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 sobering, really, because you 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 can't not hear all this and think there's nothing on the other side. There's there's nothing beyond this life. That's just not true. We exist in a world that exists around us that we can't see, but sometimes we can. And so um, in the next podcast, I'll get into that. But uh, tune in for the next one. Thanks for listening, guys.